I've lost most of what I've tried to record, you know. It's probably just as well, just as well. But they always say, if it's any good, you'll remember it, don't they? Well, Song-wise, song I mean. I, you know? <laughs> it's like, if it's really any good, you won't forget. That was my producers <laughs> with their horrible, like, you know, they're sort of like, the talk, why don't you write a pop song? <laughs> why don't you write a pop song? It'll make life easier. Literally, I would go into a meeting at Geffen and the guy, he would sit down there, the NR guy, and go, hey, let me let, let me let you hear this. And then he would play every other band on Geffen, like, you know, from Amy Mann to fucking Nirvana to, you know, Garbage, whatever. And he go, that's what you got to do. You got to write a pop song. And I'm like, this is really kind of child abuse. <laughs> much younger than anybody at Geffen and you're making me listen to like Big Star and all these people and singing and I forget it, it made me listen to Alex Keltner sing Nature Boy like it was it was like 10 minutes long and full of angst and pain <laughs> from Glasgow and I'm like that's fuck all compared to what I <laughs> you think that's like what hello you think this is pain the guy grew up in San Francisco in a big house with a car and he's anyway you know don't, even, don't get me started, Billy. I don't have to. That's true. That's true. <laughs> it's true. We just, you're the, actually the first person I've kind of done a podcast with. You're the first person I spoke to in like three years. I'm not even oh, kidding. Oh, no. No. No kidding. We I just got back from Glasgow. We just were. I know. I was we, asking him. Yeah. The Stop Shopping Choir was just on the streets there. Oh, wonderful. Uh, Where did you stay? Can I ask you? Did you stay in a hotel? We. we stayed at uh, kind of a series of, there were 25 of us. Oh. And so we were at Airbnbs and then um, uh, uh, a couple supporter type friends and relatives of right. supporters. And, cool. um, you know, we just put it together, you know. Cool. And, now, that, did you have a good time there? Or was it all work, work, work? Well, the climate conference was yeah. sad. You know, and it's terrible. just why, why have there been 26 of them? You know, yeah. and the, emi the emissions are getting worse and worse and yeah, yeah. everything's going to hell. And, and they're pretending they they can have just another one of their poker games. I, I mean, know. what the hell? But out on the streets, uh, you know, raining. we're having a great time. <laughs> <laughs> we're American. I know these American <laughs> yeah. friends that were like, we were in Scotland. We're so excited. And the next thing I see them like standing, shivering in Duke Street or like Great Western Road going, hey, did you live here? It's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it, it was it was wet and cold. Yeah. But the people you know, were there were little, little card tables with people serving lentil soup and Oh. Uh, there, there was a main gate to the conference center there, and we would we just had parties and dance, dancing, and people took turns at the mic, and it was open mic. That just sounds like my house on a Friday night when I was growing up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. People took turns at the mic, and then you got fed a little lentil soup, and then you were sent to bed. Yeah. <laughs> or you were brought back up again at three in the morning when they needed a Shirley Bassey song. 
Get yeah, Angela but... up to sing <laughs> Billy Bassey. Oh, it makes me greet. Oh, it's so lovely. I was literally, that's how I met Alex. We did a one-woman show about me getting dragged out of bed at 11 to sing I Who Have Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I Who Have Nothing. Who Have Nothing. And I was 11 and I go, still Adore you. Simply because, you know, just like Shirley. And they'd all be going, oh, Mary, she's fantastic. She's got to sing. So, of course, you know, my whole life, the last thing I wanted to do was sing. I'm not even kidding. And that's when I met him and I did this whole one-band show about getting dragged out of bed in the middle of the night. You know, by drunk people came on ahead. Just when we sung, we passed the Clyde. Come on. <laughs> can stay in bed all day the water. And I'm like, but it's Saturday. Don't fucking answer me. <laughs> <laughs> that was the story of my life. I'm not even kidding. And I remember after Liev Schreiber was a, a, an actor friend of mine, and he said, you do realize that that was child abuse? <laughs> you were do you realize what? Schreiber said to me, you do realize that you were like mentally and physically abused. I said, no, 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 no. Didn't no. notice that so much. <laughs> I said, no, I said, if anybody hit me, I'd have back. <laughs> Angela, can I ask you a question? Well, Here yeah, in, in, in the course of this very serious yes. interview. <laughs> um, you know, in the Earth Church here, our little band of um, arrestable singers here on the streets yes, of New York, yes. we're, we're uh, fascinated with Threesome, your new project, and wondered if you could just uh, talk about that a little bit. What I was trying to do, the, the, we, you know, you wake up one day and you're so like, motivated by like, I have to make money, I have to get this, I have to pay the rent, I have, that you just kind of forget what you're, what, what life's about and and I'm not I'm not particularly new age I'm not particularly sort of like oh my god we have to like look after the world but I finally did reach that point you know uh -huh. it's going yeah. up in Glasgow in a tenement we don't give a fuck about the world we just want to get yeah. out <laughs> get to New York you know so I, I literally was thinking to myself um later on when when everything was happening during the pandemic I was like how can you have things like fashion anymore how can you how can you justify, you know, the, the money that we spend and everything, you know, and I was looking through Paul's, Paul's, um, my husband's cupboard, and it was like Christmas Eve, this is how it actually started a few years ago, and I was actually broke, because I'm a musician, one minute I'm broke, then I'm rich, then I'm broke, then I'm rich, and it just so <laughs> happened I was broke, and it was like two in the morning, I'll never forget this Christmas Eve, and I came in, and I was thinking, I don't have anything for his Christmas, you know, I have no present. So I went into his cupboard and for some weird reason, I had this completely mad idea that I would take his Alexander McQueen coat <laughs> and I would paint it and he would be really happy. And he was like sound asleep. And I went into this sitting, the, the, cause I, you know, I used to paint a bit and I went into the kitchen and I'll never forget, I went through the drawers in the kitchen and I was like looking for paint in the drawers <laughs> in the kitchen. And I found a brush for makeup and a brush for eyeshadow. And I found three tubes of paint, acrylic, green, red, and white. And I thought, yes, I'm <laughs> kidding. This, this Alexander McQueen was only like maybe two or three years old. So it wasn't like, it wasn't like old vintage, you know, whatever. Uh, <laughs> and his brother had bought it. And so I remember hanging it on, an, on a mantelpiece on it. And I, I just kind of stood back and I started to, 
paint this gigantic like cockatoo on the front of it, like big <laughs> feathers, green feathers, white feathers. And I thought that looks fantastic. I'm going to do the back now. And then I turn it around. And I'm like, what am I going to do in the back? I need a better brush. And I'll never forget this. I remember going into the, the drawer again and I find, find a long sort of like basting brush for basting chicken. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I cut half of it off so that it was only like half the size. They thought, great. It's all in my head. It's amazing. I'm a genius. And I can't just <laughs> And I look on the floor and I see this sort of um, anthropology rug that I'd bought um, with a heron on it, you know, like a, like one of those beautiful birds that have the long legs and they stand and they just look like, you know, a statue, they're really gorgeous. Uh-huh. I thought, mm-hmm. I'm gonna paint that on the back of this. Oh, and it's kind of look amazing. And I have this brush with like three hairs in it and I have three bits of paint left. I think I've only got like a little bit of white and a little bit of green. And I literally, I don't know how I did this to this day because if you put a gun to my head right now and you said, paint this heron without making one mistake. Because it's just <laughs> body, feet, wings, beak. You can't be like, uh, uh, oh, 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 no, no, that's, oh, wait, let me rub that out of it. Do it again. You can't. Every line has to be there. And I'll never forget it. I remember putting it down and then doing the three little, three little toes on the, the feet and leading back and going, amazing. <laughs> I'm just amazing. And then I put a big giant bow around its neck and wrote Happy Christmas, Paul, and went to bed. Totally forgot all about it. It's amazing how you can do that. You can create this whole thing. You're in this mood. You're kind of like, you know, and then I heard this unearthly scream in the morning. <laughs> Your husband discovered that his Alexander McQueen. My husband became a paint canvas. Yeah. He's, he's not Glaswegian. He would have like, if he was Glaswegian, I would have been on the third floor balcony. But because he's Paul, he I just heard this, ah! and I went in and and he's he said, darling, this is so magnificent. Like all see, right, all I right. See, I could see his little chin quivering because I knew he was thinking, I have Alexander McQueen. <laughs> that was just beneath, the street. just beneath the surface. Was- yeah. No, but you had you had a song, um, uh, the blue, the famous blue raincoat. Oh yeah, has, yeah, that was the first. Has, song uh, he ever, he ever paintings told. and interpositions of paintings and yeah, and the wonderful lyrics of of that Leonard Cohen song. Oh, and it, I, just, I, I, uh, but but that was bef- long before this story about robbing your husband. No, very much. <laughs> I mean, I met my husband in an Indian restaurant in London. And he was playing piano at a place called the Star of India, which is still there in Brompton Road. Very hip, you know, kind of hipster type place. And I was there that night. And I remember I was with a friend of mine and I was like, oh, he's kind of cute, you know. And my friend was teasing me because he was an actor. He said, he's obviously gay. He's wearing a white suit since November. You know, and I was like, no, no, no. He's terribly fabulous, you know. Long hair, tied in a board, everything. And, and, and I remember going over to try and speak to him and, and realizing he was French, uh, not not what I thought English. And I came back and I remember saying to my friend, oh dear, he's French. And I'll never forget this. He looked at me and he said, oh my dear, your accent and his will destroy the children. <laughs> <laughs> I never forgot that. 
Anyway, it so happens he wasn't French. He was American. And I decided after another glass, I went to go over and sing in French to him. But I didn't actually do any songs in French. I thought he was French. Doesn't Isn't his last name sort of Frenchy? No? Yes, he's Norman. They, they came over with the, the Irish oh. thing. Yeah, Cantillon, you know? You've got I'm losing my power here. Angela. Like somebody's trying to beat you up. I'm losing my power here. I've got to go. I'm, I'm losing my magic. Superhero style. I have to. <laughs> want to call I have it to, back? <laughs> I have to find the. I have to plug the. I have to plug in here. This is brilliant. This is like a Jenny Lewis TV show. <laughs> 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 All I can see is the, the, the fan in the ceiling. I've lost my power. This is this is a little bit a little bit unprofessional, but sort of charming too, I think. Yes. Incredibly charming. She <laughs> <laughs> professional. Well, I'm looking you know, across uh, between it, Harris and, my, and Lynch at this point. My follow-up question is um, <laughs> guys <laughs> questions. And there is one. <laughs> <laughs> and there is one. Tell me about with the uh, real questions later. Right. Well, the, uh, uh, we you know the, the hands-on, the, the the real real, uh, you know, working with your, yeah, uh, stealing your husband's clothing and yeah. so forth, um, and then and then finding your brushes, yeah, and and making a a a DIY yeah. semi semi criminal uh, event sure. in the middle of the night, it. Sure. it it's uh, you know, it's it, it it's there's a there's a way that uh, like for instance, urban farming. You, you're working with your hands. Yeah. You you become a spiritual uh, a, a conversationalist with yeah. the the plants and the, and the insects and the and the bacteria in the soil, and um, it seems as if sometimes. That is really what the environmental movement needs. Yeah, you know, we really need to get out of what. Stop data crunching on the computers. Oh, absolutely. And policies and litigation and all that. So just uh, if more people, you're asking for the perfect world. Good wheat for a lot of that stuff. <laughs> right. I mean, I don't partake of any of that stuff, but I know half of my friends are either like. Yeah, man, we're just all about the earth. And then the other half are all about sort of like destroying the earth. And it's got to be the reason I did the threesome thing is I was trying to say, look, there's got to be a way we can keep being original and artistic and still bring something new to the world. You know, I'm taking old tuxedos by Tom Ford that are like, say, $5,000. But when I take it, I paint it. I put it on Rufus Wainwright, for instance. He then goes around the world. People see it. And then at the end, I auction it for like 50 grand and I send 25 grand to India and 25 grand to the fabric people. The whole point was, is that we take something that might not be worth anything. For instance, like Donna Karn's wardrobe full of black clothes and revamp them all and then auction them sell them you know i'm not making a collection of like i'm not i'm not suggesting i'm going to bring out a collection where i paint clothes do you know what i mean it's much bigger than that it's about it's about designers doing that to their own clothes you know taking their old seasons rather than doing a whole brand new season make their next season half of it sustainable 
where it is. So, so do you have more? Do you have more designers emerging with their clothing, asking you to? Uh, I don't ask them. I just paint. take their clothes. I just, I just use. I, I've got Barbie raincoat that was in in the in there for ten years, and I I painted it, and we got stopped in the street. The reason I have threesome is because we were we were we were walking along. We were in a club somewhere in Hollywood, and these two very sort of like artsy people kind of come up to us and one was Miranda Penturin who's a photographer and Philip Morrison who's a big stylist we're both working for Vogue and they were like who did that call what is that and he was standing there and I'd done a bit of a chagall <laughs> a, a, a goatee black three-quarter length call it was little chagall just a couple of you know and they were like oh my god and the thing is we couldn't really go out a lot with the clothes because every time we went out even the cab driver was like, hey, I know somebody who runs a company. He would like give you a deal. I'm not even kidding. So I, I, I said, well, I keep saying to you, Alex, I'm trying to keep it pure. I'm trying to stay away from the like, all that famous people and their money. And, you know, I'm trying to keep it pure. And I keep saying to him, we have to incubate, incubate, wait, and things are going to pop up. And that's exactly what has happened. You know, we've, we've mm -hmm. gone from like, let's just do a little video to something enormous, something that will probably change the whole history of clothes. And the hardest thing is getting to the people who spend all those billions of dollars on clothes, you know? It's, it's such a waste of money. It's, uh, well, it's another world. It's, it's, it's crazy. Another world. And, and all they can do, all they can do, all these fashion people that might wear doing a swap market. It's like, no, that's not solving anything, you know? What we've got to do is stop making more fabric and having 12-year-olds, like, you know, like dye it and five-year-olds sew it. And, uh, it's another whole world, but the enemy. Well, you're, you're a culture maker. You're 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 a you're yeah. a community maker, Angela. Yeah. You you bring I together am. people in in various people end up in 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 a chair at a table they didn't expect to be. Absolutely. They're walking down a street where they didn't expect to walk, Absolutely. and it, it's Angela McCluskey has has somehow had her hand in their fate. That's and very funny. Not, because not, never even met. You, you have you have you're, you're wild colonials right. as a community, right? The wild colonials is a yeah yeah yeah. It it, it 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 some people might call it a band or a a band of oh, a gathering it? a gathering of musicians, but it's it's a community, isn't it's a community. it? Community. I mean, I still go to meetings nowadays where people are like, "Oh, you're in the wild colonials," you know, and they would come there when they were young every week to this residency that I started in LA. They didn't have residency. I created the community. You know, it was like uh -huh. somebody even found, I used to put before the internet, I'd put little cards on the tables at the Cafe Largo and it would say name, address, and what did you think of the band? You know, and your phone number. And I would call these people every Monday. Oh. Hi, would you like to, you know, come to the gig tomorrow night? You know, and I had loads of English friends, you know, it'd be very funny. They would, you know, what did you think of the band? And they would write things like, why? <laughs> why? No, but jokingly, you'd have. I kept all these cards because you have some fabulous ones where people are like madly in love with you. It's very American. Oh my God, I can't listen to you all night. And I was constantly getting in trouble because my sense of humor is, you know, in the beginning, I'd be like, yeah, well, it'll cost you, you know, things like that. And people would be like, I can't believe you said that. I thought we were connecting. I mean, literally, my whole life was about apologizing for oh. the first year you know i was joking i was joking well, i didn't think it was very i mean and you know paul's behind me going i'm terribly sorry about my wife and they would be saying would you like to come for coffee and discuss your wife it must be really hard living with <laughs> someone so aggressive <laughs> so billy billy is starting a similar thing in the lower east side he just got a space 
Oh, it's really? gonna be and it's gonna be if you want to tell Angela about Earth Church that's happening every Sunday Lower East Side because I think this is very similar to Largo and this is gonna be very this is gonna be huge. So wonderful, I love that. We're calling it the Earth Church. I love it. And uh, we're just gonna preach radical earth you know, just gonna go for it. <laughs> you know, you, you have to have Paul and uh, my husband on at some point because his father is was um, a big evangelist called Willard Cantillon. And Paul grew up amongst the Tammy Dave and the P.T. Hills oh. and the Billy Grahams and everything. He knows them all. He's oh, a- my God. Oh, yes. He, oh, he yes. Became obviously, a, a, a classical musician because, you know, he was obviously five years old. He was like, how the fuck do I get out of this? So he literally was always constantly in Pasadena practicing. But he knew them all. I mean, oh. he, he got his first cookbook from Tammy Faye Baker. I mean, we could trade some stories. Me. We could trade oh, yeah. some stories. Yeah, you've got you've <laughs> got to be talking to Paul. He's a big deal film composer now. But when I uh, met him, he was, you know, he was evangelist background. I met the father, you know, six foot five, you know, like like these sort of fabulous talkers. They rule anybody in, you know. And uh, I was this Catholic Scottish person, which was not very good for the PTL club. <laughs> Does she believe in the Virgin Mary? No, but you know, you've got to definitely um have an, an interview with Paul. Because yeah. oh, yeah. that for your earth church alone, he, he would go and play all the big meetings, the evangelist meetings, the religious meetings with Ronald Reagan. Oh my god. On stage playing piano for all these incredible people. So you just you just you just don't even know how brilliant he is. He's brilliant. You should listen well, to our podcast. You'll hear something. If you come to New York. We'll, we'll see, Alex will send you the, the videotapes. Well, oh, yeah, yeah. it's a good idea. I mean, we, we need to have a, a, a church for the earth, you know. Absolutely. I, yeah. love, I looked up all your stuff. I've been doing all my investigating. You are a genius. Absolute genius. No. <laughs> you know, no, I think but someone I'm, really care. I'm touched. <laughs> I'm touched by the earth. Yeah. I, well, you know, I, I, uh, yeah, I was listening this afternoon to, uh, I think it's going to rain today. Oh yeah, and uh, I I was reminded of an old friend of mine um, from Bolinas, California, uh-huh. named Rosalie Sorrells. Do you know Rosalie Sorrells' oh. work? No. Rosalie Sorrells. Uh, she's passed away now, but she she uh, she's a mountain woman <laughs> uh, from uh, Utah. Idaho, Idaho, Idaho. And uh, it's like it sounds, Rosalie Sorrells. Right. S-O-R-R-E-L-S. But it, oh, yeah. um, so that, same, that, that same incantation that you've got going on, it's a, it's a uh, mesmerical, uh, you're hypnotizing us. Yeah, you're hypnotizing us with those long notes and those the tone poem of it. Uh, it's funny, though, Billy, because people always forget that country music is very much a product of Scotland and Ireland, very much. Oh, yes. Yeah. You know, the Appalachian Mountains. And also you hear that, what they call a brogue, you know, like the way Sinead or whatever, or I, that are the way we sing. And it's actually Moorish. It comes from the, 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 the sort of Middle East where they invaded, you know, like half of Ireland, all those Moors. Uh, and uh. My, my part of Scotland, I'm from an Isle of Egg. It's like next to the sky is like three uh-huh. people with sheep on it and my 
they were like invaded by the Spanish Armada. They all hundreds of Spanish. My mother's got black, black hair, black eyes. You know, I look uh-huh. like a normal Scot. Paul looks much more Scottish. So I think a lot of the the the, the, the sort of vocal thing when I was growing up singing, I just did a, you know, I had a big voice, but I always thought by the time I got to like 16, 17, 18, I was like, well, I'm not, I'm not special. It's not about me that's special. I don't write songs, I don't have a sound. And it wasn't until I met Paul that night in that Indian restaurant when I went over to him and I thought I'll sing a French song. And I leaned in, I didn't know a French song, so I sang accoutrement, poisson, fromage. Je vous vois, me. And he said, I'm not, he said, you have the most desperate, unique voice I've ever heard. And I was laughing. I said, has Pozo have to marry you now? You know, and that is literally how we met. And I'm just going to say some one thing very quickly. He insisted that we do a show the next week. He taught me um, Films Blue Raincoat, Soldiers Things by Tom Waits, Don't Explain, uh, God Bless the Child, and Lady Grinning Soul by David Bowie. And I went the next week in this Indian restaurant, sat on top of the piano, horrible sound system and I'll never forget it we started to play and in the middle of this show I'm not telling you a word of a lie the door opened upstairs and Nina Simone walked into the room (laughs) with her band and I'm sitting on top of a piano like (laughs) what the (laughs) it's not even it's not even fucking funny this is just <laughs> sanity oh my god she's got the gigantic turban the big eating she's playing ronnie scott's in soho and her favorite food is indian and she loves this restaurant what what and i'm sitting there singing then that's catch out game am i singing one of the songs is her song and it was just insanity and that was the first show i ever did and paul <laughs> said to me you have to sing. And that was it. Before oh. that, I was not singing. I was 27 years old. I worked oh. in I was working in videos. There's no interest in being a singer. Nada. So well. it shows you if you're pure and you're waiting. When he came along, he's like, you have to sing. I'm like, come on, I'm 29 years old. I do not want to be a fucking pop star. I work at EMI with pop stars. The light's horrible. I'd rather like get the expense account and run around and have fun. I don't want to be like singing. And I remember being kind of dragged off into this like weird place. And two months later, I end up in America, LA, for just a, a premiere of something I was working on. And the next thing I know, it's nine months later, I'm in Geffen Records signing <laughs> for a million point two dollars. And I'm terrified because I'm illegal, you know? And I'm standing there, like, I kept, I kept, it was this guy, Eddie Rosenblatt, who's the head of Geffen. And he's like, I said, Eddie, um, you know, I'm kind of like not really. He's like, you think they care? You're signing a deal for a million dollars. Yeah, they just want their bit. And I was like, oh, my God. And I remember standing there and I said, but I'm 29. I've only written eight songs. I don't know if I'll write. He said, Bobby and I love them. That was his wife. Bobby loves you. You can do what you like. I'm not kidding. And behind me is like, you know, Nirvana and all these big bands. He's do what you like. Uh. And it's oh, great. Story. I have the well, thank, thank Paul on behalf of the Stop Shopping Church for uh, insisting will. on you. For starting it. I must make you a suit for your show. Yes. I yes. would love to. I would love to. I would love to. I'll get all your details and we'll send you one. When's your first Earth Night show? 
coming up right and then like maybe two weeks three weeks it's gonna start and um we're we're just moving in physically now we're we're cleaning it up when we we got an industrial vacuum cleaner and uh <laughs> uh you know and it, there's a hole in the ceiling where wires are dropping down wow and uh it's it, so we're just moving it but but the all the teller windows are still there there's a certain poetic justice here because our activist community has been singing and getting arrested in the lobbies of JP Morgan Chase banks since 2007. So oh we, we have been performers in banks that finance fossil fuel. Behind the, behind the, 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 the teller, you've got to have a film running constantly of them oh, being arrested. Yeah. I know, I know. 50 times you've been arrested. Brilliant, brilliant. 50 times. What? <laughs> yeah. That's a fucking amazing. Yeah, just for. I'm so excited. I wish I lived in New York. Why don't you come here and complain about everything? <laughs> <laughs> come here. There's a lot to. <laughs> Alex, can we come over? Can we? Come can over, we... yeah. Yeah. Bring the whole group. We've got like gardens. We find tents and get people to put you up easily. <laughs> Actually, we should do something with the Villa Carlosa. I mean, Let me have a think about this. Yeah, that would be a great partnership. How Thank many you. are there of you? How many is it? How many people? 20, 30? You know, it's a volunteer choir, so the, the number fluctuates. Uh, in England, we had 25 people because we have 10. We have a stop shopping choir in London. Right. And uh, uh, so we had homegrown talent. And we went up, we zigzagged from London. We zigzagged to Norwich and Nottingham and Birmingham and Liverpool. And then we like got to Glasgow just in the middle of the climate conference. So and that- well, there, must, uh, there, must, there must be some choirs here. It's very Simpson band. Very, yeah. Real. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I was part of a thing called the Citizens Band. It was about 30 of us and we would do stuff about voting and medical issues. And, yeah, we did them in galleries like Jeffrey Deutsch, and then we'd go to do the Avalon, and we'd do all these like you know, we had a lot of very skinny girls, and by the end of it, and, and <laughs> very small sims swimsuits who wanted to sing, so it had to end. So Al Alex says you're a friend of Daryl's. Who Harris? Anna, yeah. Anna. Daryl. Oh, Daryl! I thought you said Dennis. <laughs> you said said Dennis. Did you say Dennis? Dennis? Are, are you a friend of Dennis's? <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> no, I was thinking of Daryl and Neil. Daryl Neil. I've known Daryl for a hundred years. Yeah. Um, yeah. She seems to be out in the in the wilds right now. And when I met her, she was going, you know, the only mention of whatever people I introduced her to, basically. But then finally one day we were at a party in New York and she's like, I never believe it. I've met the best man. <laughs> and she put me on the phone. And he, this man was like, oh, you're Scottish. And, you know, we talked for about two minutes, whatever. And then I find out later it's, it's Neil Young. But the problem with that is, is that Daryl used to be in my pocket, but now she's like, whatever he is, you know, or she's in Colorado or something like that. So I don't Yes, see Colorado. Yeah. I don't see her very often, but we text now and again, and we do little Instagram-y things, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She sang famous Blue Raincoat with me. I'll maybe get her to do that again. That would be a good idea. Yeah, she used to come up and sing the Leonard Cohen song with me, the Troubadour. Because she's not got a bad voice. She's pretty good, actually. Is yeah, she she has a good voice. Yeah, she does. Yeah, yeah. She's a sweet I, I, she was gonna she was gonna give the um, 
Stop Shop Inquire new robes. They, you, they, they, they called us and they said, you need new robes because yeah. we were just, um, we were just singing in our street clothes and uh, we sang uh, at an Extinction Rebellion event in New York. Right. And they saw the, uh, they saw the videotape and I shouldn't put it that way. I should be honest. I sent it to them. Sure, sure. <laughs> and they, they said, you need to look better. Yeah. So. Uh, you expect them to send you the robes then? That was, a, that, well, that was, a, that was three years ago. And it, it, then COVID hit. And, All right. And they forgot uh, about the robes. <laughs> See, that's but, something you know, I could do. That's yeah. something I could do. I mean, I could design it. you a whole, yeah. if you could get some, like, robes from somewhere get somebody to make the robes and or when one of your preacher suits when i'm in new york i'll take it back get it painted and i mean it really would be amazing we'll get the angela touch yeah yeah no but i'm serious i could i mean i just did rufus wainwright was doing a show and he he was just an acoustic show with four guys and it was really kind of bland and then i did all their suits and they all became really handsome they did. There was just no two. <laughs> There's just no two ways about it. They actually no. did it. The bass players suddenly looked amazing, and you know everybody just looked great because it was like a piece of art on the stage, and that's what you need. People are drawn. You know, you don't want to see a pair of fucking an old t-shirt and jeans. I do hate that about fans. Yeah, we we we. The reason I only do men's clothes is because it's such a shame. 17, 18, 19th century men's clothes were amazing. The high collars, the beautiful this, the beautiful, and it's just uh -huh. ended up a fucking shirt and a tie and a jacket that says plain and it doesn't matter how many Tom Ford reinventions you do, they're always gonna look the same. That's why I did the tuxedo for Rufus. You know, he's wearing a $7,000 tuxedo from 10 years ago and it looks better than any of the last seasons because there's just a, another black jacket, another black jacket. What the fuck can you do different with the guy's clothes? <laughs> guys are so like, they're so scared nowadays. You put like a yellow, yellow stripe on the side. And, they're like, and, <laughs> and then you see the most dressy up. You know, men were the most, they had the hats, they had the wigs, they had the whole thing. And the women were running about with fucking baby bonnets on. And the men were like looking hot as fuck. And now look at all these men. They're all just like, <laughs> it's just so sad. <laughs> like, you know, Harry Styles wears a jacket with a flower on it. And it's like, <laughs> anyway, they've all been copying me, don't you? Goodbye. The whole fucking lot of them now. I'm freaking out because I keep looking, and now suddenly there's all these people putting, but at least they're just putting printings on them. They're not hand done. So, you know, they couldn't actually afford that. Anyway, the, the painting, the painting of clothing, it comes straight on a straight unbroken line yeah. from you're putting cards on people's tables and, 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 Exactly. You know, it's it's hands on. It's intimate. It's trading the vibration of your fingers. And you've been reading uh, my mail. You're amazing. You can <laughs> nailing me. Like I, I don't know people that nail me like this. Absolutely. I'm always constantly saying to people, I'm a really hands on kind of person. I like to like. Oh, no, that's that's I'm all about cut and paste. I'm useless with technology. But give me like a pencil and a hammer and I'll fucking build a house. But when it comes to like, I just don't connect. And you're so right. I, everything about me is about, can I do it with my hands and my brain? Great. If I can, you know, that's why I could never learn the piano or, you know, I, I have no patience. I need to be brilliant immediately. 
You know? <laughs> no, no, it's terrible. My mother would say, oh. you're terrible. You, you wouldn't put any time in anything. Don't know why you keep winning first prize at, at art or English, but it came arithmetic. I was like, oh. you know, or physics or any of those kind of things. I just, I couldn't even open my brain. That wouldn't even open up. So it, it just shows you, you're totally right. Everything about me is from that first moment. Even my own house, when I was 10 years old, my mother came home from work. And she just bought me like a set for my dressing room and bunk beds for us. And I cut the bunk beds in half, painted them white and used the box that the stereo came in and put like marble stick on tape, put the stereo on top, put this white mushroom light. And she walked in, it looked like some 60s set from a David Hennig film. <laughs> and my mother's like, oh my God, I haven't even started paying for that. <laughs> she's like, I haven't even started paying for Jerry, Jerry, she's painting them all. I'm going to watch them. <laughs> and she's cut the duck face. She thinks she's in. And I kept saying, yeah, but I saw this in Little Woman. <laughs> I'll little woman you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Well, it's it's it, it, to me it's it's interesting that that you you have um, the the uh, the hands on the fingers the yeah. vibrations of the body the soul yeah and then and then you also have these songs that like go out and vibrate electrons yeah. in in distant yeah. places like breathe yeah. breathe. It's just everywhere. It's like jiggling. It it's jiggling electrons inside wires and over the air. And, and uh, it's fingers of another kind. It's still touching. Oh, God. I think I think music is the only reason to believe in if there is a God even. Because music, music always gets insane. Everything else you can kind of explain. But music, even myself, when I hear a piece of music, sometimes I'll just collapse. I'll be like, hey. Uh -huh. How does that do that? How does it uh -huh. you know get me? And even if I'm singing myself, I very much never go to that place where you know I sound so amazing because that never ever works. You have to be a conduit. It's like you have to be praying whatever. That's why I uh -huh. I'm, I'm a, a one take person in the studio. I can't do three takes. I just find it disgusting. What's the fucking point? You know, <laughs> you're there to get that that. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Clarity in music to me, the fact that I ended up becoming a singer, I mean, I've, even myself, I've, I've been standing in fucking hotel in Palm Springs last week and suddenly, you know, another day and I'm like, what the fuck? And I couldn't even for a minute. And then I was at the swimming pool and again, another different song. And I was like, that is just such a power of prayer to be reaching through. And you see, you know, people are sort of sitting there sometimes by the pool on their own with their book lying here. And it just comes through. And I remember thinking about breathe. I thought it was 27 words, 27 words. And they're only saying breathe. You know, uh -huh. I didn't. That song is one of those songs that I can't uh -huh. know the real story for because I was in a tiny studio in Paris and they were chain smoking and it was horrible. And I was lying on this cheap sofa with a mic in my hands, really teasing them. I'm like, I can't breathe. That's literally, I'm like, just breathe. And I was doing all sexy as a joke. I was like, just breathe. Another <laughs> <laughs> these friends you know they're like chain smoking chain smoking chain smoking and even at the time when i smoked i stopped smoking forever i remember coming home and they sent me the you know i was only supposed to do one song with telepop music they sent me four songs and the first one was me just doing this what i thought was like just be another time i'm like you're fucking joking you can't put that out like, well, <laughs> no but uh, emi uh, they love this song it's uh, 
surprised. <laughs> I'm like, it's 27 words. And all I'm saying is breathe, just breathe, breathe, just breathe, which was my kind of joke to them. And I, I very few people, the girls coming up to me, oh my God, I love your uh, uh, my life. And obviously I can't say, well, I wrote it about a bunch of fucking French people smoking my face. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> They'd be so upset. <laughs> anyway, so now it's a nice thing, you know. Anyway, it's been amazing meeting you. Angela, thank you for talking with us today on Earth Riot Radio. We'll send you the whole amazing. I mean, half hour. We'll be able to use half of that. But anytime you want to talk about anything, let's just talk, okay? Angela, it's such a pleasure to meet you. Alex, thank you for introducing us to each other. Oh, no problem. Yeah, we'll we'll get you guys. He's our white too, isn't he? He's great. (laughs) Oh, look what I just found. They just said oh oh cool. oh yes oh yes oh, amen oh no that's that... the second album angel milk Look oh at yeah that. Wait, could you see it my favorite song. uh-huh yeah oh there it is panda my what? favorite all-time favorite song oh yeah, yeah. kendrick lamar's as well yeah bye well, earth bless you <laughs> elvis the hillbilly cat you said it <laughs> Bye, oh my Alice, God. can you can you take the take take care of the recording here? I'm yeah, scared. I'm, I'm going to erase it by accident. I, I got to record it. I'm going to send it to you in a second. Thank you so much. Goodbye, Angela. Thank you, my darling. Au revoir. À bientôt. Au revoir, darling. Au revoir. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Dad. All right. Oh.